Welcome to Viewpoint on Construction, our podcast series that offers modern takes on a transforming industry. Beyond the latest construction technologies and best practices, this podcast series looks at the innovative ideas, creative voices, and forward-thinking themes that are shaping our industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. I am once again thrilled to be here. I am once again Wayne Newitz, and I am still with Viewpoint, and you are listening to A Viewpoint on Construction. We are thrilled this week to have with us Mr. John Beck. John, hello. Hello, Wayne. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. It is good to talk to you again. Uh, I, uh, I, Jeez, I haven't seen you in weeks. This is weird. So, it's been too long, Wayne. I know, I know. So John, uh, John's path and my path, uh, we're, uh, at least I will say I am fortunate enough to, to have crossed paths with Mr. Beck on multiple occasions uh, at different industry events. John is the Director of Market Strategy at Harbor Compliance. Uh, and he's here to talk to us about the topics of compliance and licensure in the construction industry. John has nearly 15 years of uh, very broad, extensive experience in corporate legal and the compliance space. And uh, John, you actively participate in partnerships, marketing, business development, thought leadership initiatives uh, at your company uh, and throughout the industry, which is how I've met you. So uh, so how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Wayne. Wow, what an introduction. It's always <laughs> an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. This is great. Looking forward to this. Well, that's great. And, and, and really, when I do this, John, I'm just fishing for compliments back. We can get to that later. And so, John, although you and I have had plenty of opportunities to talk and meet at different industry events, um, this is one topic uh, in which I uh, don't necessarily even know the best questions to ask. So, uh, we're, you're, you're gonna you're gonna carry the heavy weight on this one, my friend. Um, but so, let's begin. Tell us tell us a little bit. Uh, about uh, what you do at Harbor, about what Harbor Compliance does for the industry, and then and then we'll dive in from there. Go ahead. Well, Wayne, you you gave me a very nice introduction in terms of my role here. Uh, I've got an extensive history in the corporate legal and compliance space, and here at Harbor Compliance, again, variety of roles. I do partnership stuff. I do a little bit of business development. I do marketing, and really, I do anything else that comes my way throughout the course of the day because we're a, a company that is growing rapidly, rapidly. In fact, we were just this past month named to the Inc. 500 list, which we're really excited about, number 370. And we just moved into a new 25,000 square foot headquarters here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So all really exciting stuff. Uh, what that means for me is I'm, I'm doing a bunch of different things. I'm doing whatever I need to do to get the job done. Well, you're even, you're even but doing, they're good, pod, they're good doing podcasts. podcasts. It's incredible, John. I'm even doing podcasts. Wow. Boy, oh boy. I never thought this would happen. So uh, what does Harbor Compliance do and how does it relate to you know the, the topic today and licensing for contractors and, and just generally speaking for the AEC space? Mm -hmm. We provide the corporate legal services and the state licensing services that go along with that. So what I mean by that is creating legal entities, mm -hmm. corporations, PCs, LLCs, you know, et cetera, managing their compliance, keeping them in good standing, keeping them up to date, keeping them running year over year, not just in, in one state, but nationwide. Yep. Um, and, and furthermore, really diving in deep and understanding all the different nuances that go with state specific licensing. And we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll 
hopefully we'll talk a little bit about what that means and how nuanced that is and how complicated it is. No, John, I'm sorry but we're really, out of time for this podcast today, but let, no, yeah. <laughs> of course we're going to do that. Yes, sir. Yes, we will. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we help our customers create companies that stay compliant, and, and we're specifically focused on this AAC space when it comes to licensing because there is so much nuance and it is so complicated, and at the end of the day, the repercussions in terms of not being licensed mm-hmm. appropriately can, right. can be pretty profound. So well, that's part of why we're growing. So let's let's peel that onion back though for our AEC listeners here, who uh, I would assume comprise most of our audience. Uh, you know, licensure obviously is something that cuts across industries, is is common in most professions, most types of businesses. What makes it uh, different in construction in uh, in the AEC space? Why is compliance and licensure so much more important and different in this space versus others? Yeah, well, that's a really good question. So uh, you can look at that through a few different lenses, but in the end, it's really... At its core, it's about public health and safety. Uh, there was there was an article earlier this year that was, I think it was in, in Forbes, that was over 54,000 bridges across the U.S. are, are structurally deficient. Mm-hmm. Scary stuff, right? I mean, the the people, not everybody can do that kind of work. I can't. I don't know about you, Wayne, um, no, but, been, but I can't months. do that kind of work. It's been months since I've repaired a bridge, John, months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so there's got to be a system of checks and balances, and there has to be a way for, for uh, the right, the best and brightest people to be doing construction and design and engineering. And, and that's at its core what it's what it's intended for um it's also about protecting the public just in general you've got things like tornado scams this is something i i I spoke with some state associations recently in the in the south yeah where tornado alley Mm -hmm. and they get tornadoes ripping through there and then these contractors and i'm air quoting contractors will come in and guarantee these repairs Mm -hmm. If they're not licensed, who knows where they're from, but these people are in, in desperation and they pay them and sure. and that's that. No work ever gets done. Uh, so it's about protecting the public and the, the, the elderly in particular are, are often mm-hmm. preyed upon. Mm-hmm. New industries come along, people, mm-hmm. the public doesn't know what to do. You know, house flipping is a new thing that oftentimes the house flippers don't have licenses. The work doesn't get done appropriately and, and states are really kind of scratching their head trying to figure out how to deal with that. Solar is a new industry. These new industries that pop up that are really complicated and complex, they need to be they need to be regulated and that's why it's important. Ultimately, at at its core, a public safety uh, perspective, but from a business perspective, mm-hmm. it it unlocks opportunity. That's that's how you have to look at it as a business because it's necessary before offering services generally. Things like you know, letterheads and business cards, websites, social media. Information is so easily accessible right now with the internet. We've had, specifically in the engineering discipline, people tell us that they've had engineer listed on their LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. and they get contacted by the state licensing board because they're not technically registered. So with all this abundance of information, it's just it's just so much more important to make sure that you're properly covered. Um, advertisements, you can't be on, you know, you need licensing before you go on an advertisement. You need licensing before you put lettering on building and vehicles. Most importantly, you need licensing before you bid on a proposal, right? So right. You, you've, got, you've got a job coming up or, or that you're looking at in a different state. There's a big dollar potential tied behind that job. Mm-hmm. 
got to get a license first. And frankly, how long does it take to get that license? What hoops do I have to jump through? Mm -hmm. These are all things that might preclude you from even bidding on that, wow. on that proposal. Well, let me ask you from a naive perspective, which is the only one I've got here in this topic, is um, how much of what you've just described uh, are table stakes or things that you've got to have as, uh, well, you know, whether you're in you know, architecture, engineering, design, or whether you're a you know, contractor, you're building the work, what's optional versus required? Is everything you're mentioning things that you must have, or are they nice to have? You know, where, what are we talking here? Yeah. So great question. So, and because this is so nuanced and so complicated, uh, it's, it's, there really is no simple answer to that because there are no two situations that are the same. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, all the things that I mentioned, again, generally speaking, you can consider them to be table stakes, but there are jurisdictions, states where, you know, that sort of thing isn't required. Sometimes licensing for a particular discipline in a certain state is not required, but the average Joe the, or, or even the average company coming off the street, it, that's, it's a really complicated labyrinth to, to try and navigate. So, uh, so you got to have that knowledge and you got to have the expertise. Well, and, and in our industry, as, uh, as I'm sure you're, and I know you're aware, many companies do start out small. Uh, and that's one of, you know, one, one of the neat things about the construction industry is you can start small, you can grow if you're, you know, if you're smart, if you're efficient, and of course, a bit lucky, you can grow fairly fast in this industry. How do you even begin getting your head around all of the different requirements? If I were to start a contracting business today, you know, I, I, I can just imagine all of the complexities. It must scare people away. Can you talk a little bit about how, how you even begin this process from the perspective of, you know, maybe somebody who's either new to this or listening and realizes, wow, I need to get my compliance stuff straight. Where do I begin? What? Where do you start to learn and then to execute on this? Yeah, uh, oof, that's a that's a complicated question, but um, we'll, we'll tackle it from a couple of couple of different angles here. So we can look at starting a new company, or we can look at taking an existing company and and moving into into an additional state. So mm -hmm. new company is generally going to be you're you're creating the company, you're incorporating or you're forming, you're naming a registered agent, you're doing tax registrations, you're keeping that company up to date year over year. Now you need what's called the, the license, or it's often called a uh, certificate of authorization. Um, in the AEC space alone, again, here's where it gets complicated. There is no one right silver bullet answer. Mm -hmm. In construction, 34 states require a state license. 14, of the, 14 states require county, local, and other licenses. Three states, as I mentioned before, they, it, it, not all do require licensing. Three states in construction don't require licensure. Land surveying, 36 states require state license, four with special requirements, 11 don't require it. Landscape arch architecture, 20 states require state licensing, six special licensure, 25 don't require. Engineering is, is of course, a big one. 37 states require mm -hmm. firm licensure. Five have special requirements, nine that don't have requirements. And then architecture, 29 require firm licenses at the state, five with special requirements, 17 that don't require... I'm going to quiz you on that, by the way. Wayne. I was, I was, but, so, 
John, the thing is, I know you're not even reading this. I know. I mean, I know you know this, uh, and, and I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I was scared, impressed, worried about you. Uh, all of the, all three. But that's, yeah, I don't know whether to uh, to to be flattered or no. I, thank you. I appreciate that. You've made it clear that it's a very complex landscape, and this is this is just starting out, and this is just getting your head around what's required federally, locally, you know, statewide. Wow. Once you are established, once you're an established contractor, then, then what do you have to do to keep to keep current is where we want to head with this. But keep going, sir. So then let's look at, so that's just the firm stuff, but then there's individual licensure that needs to happen, right? Individual or what's often called qualifying party, and it's tied to an entity. Company licenses generally need the appointment of a qualifying party to supervise and take responsibility for all the regulated services provided by the firm. So in construction, the relationship between the company license and the qualifying party, it's also called the responsible managing employee or responsible managing party in a lot of states. It's a lot more complex. While general contractor's licenses is earned by the qualifier, it belongs technically to the company. So the person, the individual earns it, but it belongs to the company. Yet, Mm -hmm. try and follow the bouncing ball here. (laughs) If the qualifier departs, meaning the individual departs, the license expires. So the individual has, or excuse me, the individual gets the license. It belongs to the entity. The individual leaves. The firm license expires. And, and that's not only, something that I can only imagine the the fairly uh, sizable percentage of firms who either don't realize this or don't adequately track and understand when they've lost licensure as a result of turnover or what have you. Uh, I, I'm assuming exactly that's an issue. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, turnovers a turnovers a huge one. Actually, that's when we talk about trends in this space. You've got you've got a labor shortage, which is talked about often. You've got a changing demographic workforce that is you're going from you know the largest looking at a bell curve, the largest segment of the population in the baby boomers transitioning those roles and that institutional knowledge to new people. Mm-hmm. But you don't think behind the scenes. You also have to assign new licenses, and there's a whole lot of licensure work that has to that has to accompany that right so it just becomes more and more complicated and and it's so not to interrupt you it, it it seems that i mean this is just exacerbating the whole workforce issue the industry is facing right now uh, would you agree that uh you know bringing on new people is more than just finding recruiting the right folks for your your team you've got to make sure that everybody has the right licensure certifications etc do you see that as part of the workforce issue in our industry right now i think it's less of the workforce issue i think the i think the workforce issue is probably from a macro level more more complex than that i think that the the states have have they've, they've got a ways to go and there's work to do still but the the states do a pretty good job of to the extent that they can facilitating licensure and there are organizations like nascla so that has that has improved things mm-hmm. um I would say it's more of just a, a macro sort of sociological demographic issue. There, there are a number of things that go into it. Oh, sure. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily point. I wouldn't necessarily point or blame it on licensure. But does it make it? Does it make it harder? Probably, in the end. Harder, but as you pointed out earlier, it's uh, th- this is a necessary pill that we all need to take to ensure safety, to ensure that we're having the right people do the right work, 
I don't want to drive over a bridge that I've repaired. I can tell you that. Right. 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 So, John, now we're we're a contractor. We've got our all of our initial licensures uh, done. Certifications are done. We're up. We're running. Boxes checked. What do we, as a contractor, and we'll 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 keep picking on the contractors now, if we may, for for a bit of time. What do I need to do as time goes on? I win more jobs. I hire yep. more people. What things do I need to do and make sure that I'm keeping uh, keeping up to date with? Yeah, certainly, great question. So every every business, well, I would think most businesses uh, have have endeavor to expand and grow, and so growing into new states is of course, a complicated process. Mm -hmm. So you need what's called, you, you have to register with the Secretary of State. Generally, that's what you have to do first. You have to register the entity with the Secretary of State. And that's what's called a certificate of authority. Mm -hmm. We talked about a certificate of authorization earlier. Different thing, not intended to confuse you, but unintentionally very confusing. Right. Uh, so certificate of authority, with that you need the founding document, so you need to prove where the entity was formed, mm -hmm. you need the name of the entity. Here's where it gets wacky. You gotta have the appropriate corporate structure and management ownership. I'll give you an example. I'm, I keep going back to engineering, but just because it's in the AAC space. Sure. In Illinois, professional co corporations and LLCs need to be 100% owned by Illinois licensed professionals. And in New York, all the partners need to be licensed in New York State. Uh, in Vermont, members and managers of an engineering P LLC must be licensed in Vermont. So what happens is <laughs> you have to, <laughs> right, so you have to, just to get the license, your entity has to be structured the right way. Management has to be structured the right way, the, right way. the board composition has to be appropriate. And, and companies will be, you know, humming along, doing business in, mm -hmm. in 10, 20 states. And then all of a sudden they go to the state where you got to form a whole new entity now because right. the way you're doing it there doesn't work. So we have companies that come to us and it's just entity soup, entities everywhere and all different types of structures. And this guy's, uh, you know, uh, uh, on, on, he's an officer over here, but oh, by the way, he's retiring and now we need to change that. That's just, it, it can be a mess. So it's a comp, again, complicated process, but generally speaking, the order of operations is the secretary of state that, that Registering the entity with the state is, is the first thing, but again, not always. And and this is and we're talking now about the state in which you are headquartered. I'm presuming, but many contractors obviously work across state lines. You know, many across international boundaries. Uh, if you are one of those folks, if you're an you know, architecture engineering firm, a contractor, and you're working across state uh, boundaries. Is this a little bit like incorporating your company where, you know, half the corporations, I'm making that number up, seem to be incorporated in the state of Delaware for, you know, some advantageous reasons. Is that a similar yeah, situation here in, in compliance? Yes, that's exactly what it is. And, and that is actually what I'm referring to when I say forming the company. I mean, forming that entity, right. whether it's in, in Delaware or in Oregon, where you are, in Pennsylvania, where I am, hmm. it's it's Forming the entity is, is that first step. Then, once you have the entity, then you got to get the licensure most of the time. Sure. And to your point earlier, generally speaking, where the company is incorporated is, is where the headquarters are. That's usually the case. But again, it's, it's always a little bit different. So, All right. So you've been doing this a while. I'm sure you've got mm -hmm. all sorts of stories, good, bad, and, and in between. 
when you encounter uh, someone who needs help, who's out of compliance, who doesn't have the right licensure, what what are some of the reasons? How did they get into that situation? Was it an initial lack of understanding? Was it just business, the speed that business is moving? Was it, you know, issues like we talked about with people retiring and taking their license with them? What are some of the most common reasons why uh, folks in our industry will fall out of compliance? It's generally it's generally just a simple lack of initial understanding mm-hmm. and or it's a lack of ongoing planning. It's either the licenses aren't properly handled up front or the license renewals aren't handled correctly. And you know, that can be a symptom of just naivete or it can be an organizational problem or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But it's it's usually just a lack of understanding, a lack of communication and a lack of planning. Sure. And I'm guessing that the, the results of being uh, out of compliance, of not having the right licenses, can um, can probably vary from a slap on the wrist to serious trouble. What what are the range of uh, results uh, that a, a, an organization can face if they do find themselves not in compliance? And, and, and talk us through that. How does that happen? Here's some scary parts. Uh, and, and this is this is from the actual state licensing boards. In some states, this is true. Mm-hmm. You can't, you do work. Let's imagine, Wayne, that yes. you're this really talented contractor, okay? Really suspend your disbelief here, Wayne. I, I was gonna say, this is a so stretch I, This is a stretch of imagination, but I'm with you, I'll try. Right. No, 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 I'm, I'm only kidding. I know you're a very talented guy. So um, you're, you're a really talented contractor or you're with a company that is uh, even a big company. That, that is doing big projects, but you are not properly licensed in a particular jurisdiction. There are some states where if it came down to a dispute, because you're not licensed, you can't enforce a contract mm-hmm. in those states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how, how to hurt somebody worse than that. Yeah, affecting <laughs> the rights at that point. I mean, you're flapping in the breeze at that point. Yeah. So, but, but beyond that, I mean, there are, there are a host of problems that you can, obviously you miss out on bids. You look at the opportunity costs associated with missing out on a bid on a million dollar job because of a license that's going to cost a couple bucks or, or violations, uh, big fines, multi-thousand dollar fines, court time. There, there's, there are all sorts of uh, risks associated with it that frankly, you just shouldn't necessarily have to worry about. Yeah, and and you're likely not going to cry your way out of a speeding ticket when it comes to this. Uh, I'm guessing. Probably not. Yeah, you yeah. could try. I don't know. Maybe it works. I've tried many times. It's failed uh, miserably. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, so let's say you are a a, a contractor, an architect, uh, an engineer, designer listening to this, and you're wondering, oh, geez, am I in compliance, or is my company in compliance with every standard, everything I need to worry about, and I may not even know what those things are? How do you let, let's talk about finding solutions to this problem, and um, uh, because that is the business that you're in, uh, what? advice would you give generic advice to a, a firm that that contacts you and just says how do i even start this process uh talk us through it what does a contractor need to do what are some of the best practices yeah i mean that's that's a it's a complicated question again because no no two scenarios right. are the same um state boards are always there um you can always seek help from friends like like me and you, Wayne, uh, but it's a lot to handle. My recommendation is seek help. 
mental health, professional help. Uh, the, the first step is making sure that your entities are in order because that's, that's kind of the, as, as, as we talked about, that's generally speaking the first mm-hmm. piece of the puzzle. And then it's really just kind of auditing all of your different licenses, making sure they're up to date, making sure that you're covered where you need to be covered. Understand what your footprint is. Mm-hmm. Where are we doing business? Understand where your customer's footprint is. Where's my customer doing business? Where do I want to be so that I can satisfy their needs? Don't wait till the last hour to do that. It's small table stakes to, to register for the licensing now and be prepared to bid on anything that comes across your plate in the in those jurisdictions. That would be my recommendation. But in the end, it's it's a lot, and and I would say seek help. <laughs> no, right, no, and and I, you know, if if folks are listening to this right now, wondering, well, this is kind of step one, seeking help. Well, let's learn a little bit more about the topic. Uh, and since you yep. didn't say it, I will for you, John. That you know, uh, Harbor Compliance is certainly one firm that you can go to for this type of help. Uh, as is obvious, yeah. they have experts like yourself who can who can help firms uh, through this. So, But uh, there are resources out there. So what we do every week, uh, John, is is we like to surprise, uh, usually unpleasantly, uh, our guests by suggesting that they offer up our listeners a nugget. Uh, something we do in every podcast, John, called Nugget Time. I, I may have failed to mention this to you. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot right now okay. and ask you, John, mm-hmm. to come up you got to wait for the chicken. He's going to introduce you this nugget time for us. But I'm, I want you to come up with the one thing, the one piece of information, that nugget of golden information that you'd like everybody to take away on the topic of licensing and compliance in the construction industry. So, John, it's nugget time. This is this is this is exciting. I never thought I'd get to do nugget time. Here we go. Okay. Right, here you go. This is your chance, John. Nugget time. Shine. Bring it on. All right. So, uh, one nugget. If I had to, um, if I had to give one nugget in terms of how do you, uh, how do you manage all this stuff? Uh, it takes discipline, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like exercise and diet. You got to plan. You got to think long term. Mm-hmm. You got to ex- execute short term. What's that old adage? You got to plan your work and work your plan. And whether that plan includes a, a, a partner, software, combination, internally, restructuring your, your internal resources, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. you got to have a plan. You can't be flying blind. You can't be flying by the seat of your pants. Wayne, Wayne, I'm still hungry. Okay. I have a voracious John, appetite. Is, may I have... How is this, may I have how is this my nugget. problem that you're still hungry? I. Oh, you want to... Well, it's about to be your problem. Yeah. May I have a few, a nugget or two more um, to, to share with you? I don't um, know. Because John. really... It's only <laughs> we only ever give people one nugget, John. I I don't know. I I feel funny about. All right, all right. Just between you and I, you get another nugget, but I'm not telling anybody else I've ever done this. All right, all right. Hold on. I, I've all right, to, here we go. I want to. Got to go. I've got. I want to wrap this. I have to go get the chicken back in the room, John. Hold on a second. Okay. Well, I can wait. Yeah. Hold on. No, well, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in a viewpoint on construction. <laughs> it's it's a two piece nugget show, ladies and gentlemen. Your second nugget, John, give it to us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so what I want to kind of wrap this whole thing up in a bow because we talked about a number of different topics. When we talk about just having steps to compliance. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this is nugget number two. You gotta number one. You gotta have licensing. It's gotta be in your sales and growth 
plans? What does your traditional process look like when it comes to getting a license? What does it look like when you're looking at bids? Are you, when you're looking at a bid, are you looking at whether or not you're licensed? Do you know how long that license is going to take? These are things that go into the business development process. Sure. Loop it in up front. Again, it's small table stakes in the grand scheme of things if you want to get licensed everywhere. It's but if you don't, stakes. that's fine. But it's still table stakes. Without it, you're not going to be doing work very long, right? That's right. That's right. Research the new jurisdictions early, including the Secretary of State and the licensing boards. Mm -hmm. uh, track licenses, registrations, and renewal dates on appropriate software. You and I both know a lot about software. Sure. Ensure continuity of personnel who are managing the licenses. Make sure it's scalable. Mm -hmm. Loop human resources into the process. When new hires are coming on board, are they going to require a license? Yes, no? Cool, done. No? Okay, great. The more visibility, the better across the organization. And then spread the word about your company's compliance. It should be a badge of honor. Ultimately, the companies that are that are doing things the right way are the ones who are going to win more business. And then the last piece, the one you got to think long and hard about is the question, just generally speaking, should we be managing this period? Should we as an organization be managing this process period? So you got to look to the classic outsourcing decision matrices and ask yourself, number one, do these tasks lie outside of our organization's mission and core competencies, right. which is generally speaking, building stuff, I would say. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Does it require specialized knowledge or expertise? Does it require specialized tools? Does it carry high risk to operations if it's mishandled? Mm -hmm. Does it yield economies of scale? Sure. So you ask yourself those questions. And the more of those that you answer yes, the more you need to consider finding a new home for this process, one that's going to check those boxes for you. Right. And with the bottom line being that this process is not optional. <laughs> this is something everyone yeah. has to do. And if you, yep. do it, if you do it, if you can do it yourself, more power to you. Right. But for all of the mm -hmm. reasons you mentioned and more in that multifaceted second nugget, let me point out that you were able yep. to give us, sir, uh, that uh, that, you know, this is a this is a complex but necessary part of our business and is typically mm -hmm. not part of the core competencies that we as contractors or architects or designers bring to the table. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, clearly com a complex issue, one that we all need to be aware of and that we could all probably use some help with. John. Thank you so much uh, for sharing, you know, your your knowledge, your wisdom, your experience, and your lunch with us today. <laughs> Anytime I get to speak with you, Wayne, it's just a joy. It's a joy. I love it. I, 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 I'm um, wondering what your long con is here, sir. You're way too nice to me. I, I just don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, no long con, short con. No, I appreciate your um, I appreciate your time. This is this has honestly been a lot of fun, and I appreciate the the praises that you that you heaped on me. I can tell you, my knowledge scratches the surface uh, compared to the specialists we have here uh, in dealing with the states directly, day after day, customers directly with you know interacting with our knowledge base. So um, so we got a lot of information, and if anybody needs help, we're here. There you go. And um, and what's the best way to get a hold of you, John? Is uh, uh, is there a website that you'd like to uh, that you'd like to share with folks uh, who want more information? As a matter of fact, we do have a website. Uh, it is our You're website so is harborcompliance.com. Really? We're super advanced. Yep, harborcompliance.com. If you wanted to, you know, submit a contact form, it's harborcompliance.com backslash contact. You can reach us via phone, 888-995-5895. 
Uh, you can email info at harborcompliance.com. You can look me up. I can get you in the right place. Uh, you could send us a homing pigeon smoke signals. Oh, yeah. Where there's a lot of ways to come. Check out John's yeah. Lots of page. It's wonderful. Really. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So, yeah. on there. It's, it's great. Yeah. John, with that, I, I want to thank you sincerely uh, for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, your experience with all of us. Uh, I appreciate it. I have what I know about this topic. I mostly have learned from you. So I do really appreciate your um, your sharing this with uh, our audience uh, and to our audience. Thank you very much once again, ladies and gentlemen, for your time, for joining us on A Viewpoint on Construction. We look forward to having you back next time. John, thanks again, sir. Thank you, my friend. I, uh, we appreciate the platform. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Check back for new podcasts at Viewpoint.com or on the same channel. Craving more thought leadership pieces? Check out our Viewpoint Surveyor blog at blog.viewpoint.com, which is updated several times per week with the latest news, industry best practices, and much more.